0: Welcome to X Chateau. X Chateau, the podcast that navigates the business of wine with unique perspectives and insights. With your host, Robert Vernick and Peter Young. Welcome to this
1: episode of X Chateau. Today our guest is Enrique Tirado, the CEO and technical director of Dom Melchor, and we're talking about charting a path from Chile towards becoming a global icon in the wine industry. Enrique, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to talk about Don Melchor. I'm so happy to be here. Great opportunity.
1: Can you please give me and Peter a brief overview of your background?
2: So I studied agronomy and enology at Catholic University in Chile. And then also I have some study in France, one year in Bordeaux. I joined Conchitoro in 1993. Became the winemaker for Dom Melchor in 1997, so many years ago. I was in the team in 1995, but in charge of Dom Melchor since 1997. Then we created Dom Melchor Winery the year 2011. So I became CEO and technical director of Viña Dom Melchor Winery. So do you think you could
0: also give us a brief overview of Don
2: Melchor, when it was founded, where it is exactly, and how big it is? Very important question, because at the end, Don Melchor comes from one specific vineyard, one specific terroir. So the first vintage was 1987. The wine was founded in 1987. Don Melchor comes from Puente Alto Vineyard. It is located on the north bank of the Maipo River. We are at the foot of the Andes mountain, and that's very important. At the end, we have a huge influence from the Andes mountain in terms of soil, in terms of weather condition, everything. I think the vineyard, the wine is moderated by the Andes influence. So it's uh, mainly Cabernet Sauvignon. In the vineyard, we have 127 hectares. We subdivided the vineyard, and today we have 151 small parcels. So it's a perfect soil. It's alluvial soil, a stony soil, poor soil, perfect soil for making Cabernet Sauvignon-based wine. According to the weather, the vineyard is moderate, as I said, by the Andes influence. Every night, cold wind blow down from the Andes and refresh this area at the foot of the andes. So we have a great difference between day and night temperatures. So perfect combination, stony soil, poor soil, and this influence, Cabernet Sauvignon base. As I said, we have a lot of different parcels at the end. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon blended. And so that 151 hectares, how many bottles or cases does that make? 151 parcel, 127 hectares. So... One percent is less than one hectare. When the vinification is done and we make the final blend, we have selection. In the final dominal tour, we use 60 percent, 70 percent from the vineyard. In average, we produce every year, we produce 12 to 15,000 cases. Is it just one wine, or are there multiple wines under the vineyard Don mature brand? Good question, because it's one wine when we created. Viña Don Mature. we thought about one history, one unique history, one terroir, and one wine. So our three pillars behind Dom is one unique history, one terroir, as I said, the combination of soil, weather, vineyard, and one wine. Today, we are focused on producing, on making just one Dom Mature, the best selection every year from the Don Melchor vineyard.
0: And the rest of the fruit goes
2: to other subsidiaries of Concha Toro, or yes, I have some bottles in my personal store, but in our second and third line, we use in Marques de Casa Concha Heritage, we use in Marques de Casa Concha. So yes, but we use in our second or third line, as I. But behind Don mature, we are focused on just Don mature,
1: right? That one place, that one terroir, that one wine.
2: One history, one place, one vineyard, one terroir, one wine.
1: So Domitour is very iconic in Chile, but it also has aspirations of becoming an icon globally. What is driving that goal or passion to be on the global stage?
2: I believe that Domitour is, as you said today, it's a global icon. Today, the wine is recognized in many different markets and consumer recognized in this way. So I think the passion and goal is to become a global icon every year. So the passion behind the wine, the quality. We are looking every year at the end, every vintage. In some way, we restart to create a new development tour. We are looking, we are searching the quality and the unique personality, the unique expression from its vineyard, from its terroir at the end. So as you said, yes, I think today Dom Melchor is a global icon.
1: So, when Don Melchor was created originally, was it by design to be participate on the global stage, or was it meant to just make that best wine in Chile from that one terroir and that one piece of land to make the best wine possible? Like, what was the design of the originally?
2: The idea at the beginning it was to create to make the best wine from one specific terroir. Yeah, in some way. The terroir concept from the beginning. The idea was to create a wine that express its vineyard, express its terroir. And the idea was to make a wine not only for Chilean image or for Chilean market. The idea was to create a wine for international global market. Absolutely. The idea was to communicate to the world that in Chile we can make a great wine from a specific terroir. So in Chile, how did Don Melchor initially rise to fame? I think Don Melchor was the first wine in Chile that created the icon or the high quality image. You know that the second vintage of Don Melchor, 1988, it was selected by wine spectator in the top 100 list. So... Top 100 at that time. Today, we have many different wine critics; They are very important. But 30 years ago, one Chilean wine among the top 100 wine. It was amazing. I think it changed the image of Chile as a wine region producer. So then we got nine times in the top 100, three times in the top 10, 100 by James Zucklin, Right now, we receive the best of the best in Robert report with the 2020 Vintage. So I think thanks to the Terroir, we receive many, many recognition. Thanks to that, we created Dom Melchor first as an iconic wine from Chile.
0: And when Dom Melchor was first released, did it try to price itself at the iconic or high-end level? And some examples like Harlan Estate and Opus One and Napa, they came out at the top of the range, you know, when they first released because they were also trying to be iconic for the region. Did Don Meltor follow that same path or did pricing take a while?
2: Yeah. According to the price, yes, at the beginning it was lower than right now because it was the first, the first Chilean wine. So, absolutely, we had to create the image from Chile, from from Puente Alto, Terroir. That's very important. Puente Alto is a really unique place. But today, Puente Alto, you have a great wines from Puente Alto. So I think, yes, it's a normal evolution according to not only pricing, not only price, also according to image. We built the communication, the image, everything about the commercial side. Absolutely, we had a plan every year. But when it first came out, was it the most
0: expensive wine from Chile?
2: Yes, you're right. Always the has been the most or between the three first wines from Chile, according to the price. Yeah, but at that time, it was the most expensive. And you mentioned
0: in only its second vintage, it was in the top 100 for Wine Spectator, which was a huge deal way back when. Did that catapult it to iconic status in Chile right away, or did it take? More years and vintages before
2: people in Chile recognize that this is the wine of Chile? No, since the beginning. Since the beginning, Dormature has been recognized as an iconic wine from Chile, from Ponte Alto. Yes, since the beginning. Then, after 88, as I said, we received a lot of new recognition from different wines critics. So, always, I think every year, we are on the top list. Yeah, but since the beginning, Don Melchor has been as an iconic wine from Chile and more precisely from Puente Alto region. So that in some way also is a challenge every year to keep, to maintain, every year to maintain this position. It's a great challenge. Absolutely.
0: And is Don Melchor just for our audience education? What's the percentage of sales domestically versus export international?
2: Yes, we export to 70, more or less, different countries. Eight ten percent is local in Chile. So we export 90% of our production. The main market are the US, Brazil, China, and then, as I said, 70 different countries. The idea is to have a global distribution.
1: So obviously... Don Melchor is one of the early adopters in terms of becoming an iconic wine in a country like Chile. I'm curious on how do you see the path to becoming an iconic wine being different today versus when you started it? Like, is it easier now because people like you and Don Melchor have created that path? Is it easier for wineries to do or is it more difficult now?
2: In some way, it's easier because today Chile well known as a wine country producer, high quality producer. So I think in some way today it's easier, but it's not easy to make a great wine. You need one specific terroir, you need the techniques behind the wine, you need the experience. So, in some way, yes, today is different. In Chile, we have north, south, east, west. We have a lot of different, many, many different places, many different kind of soil, weather. So today is, in my point of view, is easier than 30 years ago. Absolutely, yes.
1: And I am curious because there are a couple other wines that are icon wines out of Chile. In those early days, were you all kind of like collaborating, working together to kind of put Chile on the center stage or are you just focused on your own individual projects?
2: Mm. That's very important. I think 30 years ago was different. One wine, don't make sure it was the first. But today, it's very important, in my opinion, the country image, the Chilean image behind the wine. It's not only just one wine. It's not possible. If we want to create the image of Chile as a high-quality wine producer, we need to build together that. We need to work together in order to communicate that image from Chile. Absolutely, we need not just one wine. We need more wine from different countries areas from different regions, pushing the quality of Chile.
1: One of the things that seems really different from when Don Melchor and other wineries became famous in Chile, the critics were really few, but influential. And I'm curious on your view on critics now, especially for other wineries that want to try to become iconic. I'm curious on how important do you think critics are for building up a reputation now that there's more of them and they're maybe not as influential?
2: I think the the quality and the quality and the quality is the most important. I think that that the terroir concept, the quality every year, the consistency is not only to make a wine, it's to make a wine that has consistency in terms of quality, in terms of image. So it's quality, 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 not only in the technique side, also in the communication, the commercial side, the road to market. The wine is the first step, but then it's more than to make a wine.
1: If a winery was listening to this show in another country that wasn't as famous as Chile as today, and they wanted to kind of enter on the global stage like Don Chordo, what advice would you have to kind of help them achieve that goal to play on the global marketplace?
2: I think the most important today is add value to the wine in that way. A unique place today it's easy to make wine. You can make wine from everywhere, but you need to create a unique expression, a unique personality in the wine. A wine that shows the terroir behind the wine, the team, the history, the place. So first of all, a great terroir, as I said, with a unique personality and expression. In my philosophy. I try to make a wine that really express its vineyard, its origin. In that way, you can create image, history, personality, one specific expression behind the wine. Then try to respect that. Try to respect the natural expression, its terroir, its place. Not try to make a wine like in another region, another place try to make the best from one specific vineyard, one specific place.
1: And so in terms of, you had mentioned earlier, it's like every year it's a challenge to kind of keep, not reinventing, but keep on top, right? To stay on top and keep that status that you've earned as being an iconic wine. How do you measure that? How do you know what measurements or objectives do you have that you say, like, I knew I was successful this vintage, or I'll be successful in next vintage if I do this?
2: It's very important. At the end, as I said, We restarted every year. At the end, it's your experience. I can see, I can taste how's the vintage. And yes, you know when you have a great result, when you can achieve your goal, it's by your feeling at the end. For that reason, it's a very important experience. When you taste the wine, when you see the aromas, the flavors, the expression, the balance, the finesse, you can measure the quality behind each vintage. So... It's very important in Dom as we have 151 different parcels, and we have selection in one specific vintage, we can use different parcels. So at the end, we can play with the different parcel in order to achieve the best quality every year. How we know that after 30 years working on one specific terroir, I really know every parcel, what happened behind every parcel, when we pick the grape, when we taste the wine. I think it's a combination of tasting, feeling, listen to the vineyard at the end, the wines.
1: It's interesting because you kind of take the Bordeaux Chateau model, but you don't go into second wines or third wines. You stay focused on just one singular wine, which I think takes a lot of discipline.
2: (laughs) Yes, but it's a good question. Why not a second wine, probably in the future? Today we are focused on Don Melchor, but why not to make a second wine in the future Be from Don Melchor? I think it's a good question.
0: As you continue to maintain and build the brand of Don Melchor globally... What are the key things you're doing to keep its presence well-known and its brand iconic worldwide?
2: What are the activities that you do to do that? A singular focus on quality and consistency since the beginning, I think that's very important. We have a great dedication and passion behind the vineyard and the vinification process, but also the commercial side, the communication, the commercial side. It's very important. Today you can make the best wine, but you must achieve your client. You must communicate the wine, the terroir. So it's not only the technical side, we are working so hard in terms of communication, commercial side, looking the best road to market. So that is very, very important. And so
0: on that communication and commercial side, what are some of the things that have been most effective for Don Chore? In
2: terms of communication? Communication and the commercial side. Yes, I think the wine critics are very important. At the end, your communication with your final consumer in some way is faster if you have the wine critics' helps. But it is not only. It's, you need more than the wine critics. At the end, also you need the wine consistency, and then the road to market. You must achieve the perfect road to market in order to achieve the perfect consumer.
0: And so what kind of route to market does Don Melchor employ? So we
2: have our own office in different countries. We have different road to market to achieve the different client. But the important is, The perfect road to market in terms of quality, in terms of how do you achieve your final consumer. But it's different according to the country, according to the market. It's different.
0: And so just out of curiosity, which countries do you have different offices in?
2: So, for example, it's different in the U.S. and Brazil. It's different in America, in Central America, in Europe, in Asia. So it's more concentrated or it's more road to market, a small client or bigger clients. So according to that, we manage the way how we can achieve our final consumer.
1: So you do a lot of different things to communicate and get into the markets and create that awareness. I'm curious on of the things you've done. What has been the most cost effective ones? Obviously, there's some that I'm sure they take many years to pay back or to know if they were successful. But what do you think is the most cost-effective parts of your strategy in terms of marketing or creating that awareness for your brand?
2: In terms of cost?
1: Yeah, cost to reward, basically. Cost to effectiveness.
2: Absolutely, yeah. At the end, we are in the business of making and selling wine. So raw is always in mind, absolutely. You have... Operation. You have the technical cost, the operation, you have the commercial cost. So at the end, our recognition, our quality, support sale. Our facilities behind the wine also support the sale and the wine. I think support our message of excellence. We try to communicate the quality and the excellence in all our strategy.
1: And when you look at every year, when you're looking at your budget for what you're going to do in a fiscal year, when you go to make investments, is most of your investments focused in on improving the quality or is it about improving communications? Like when you're making your investments every year, how are you positioning that in terms of incremental change year over year? Like it seems like your fixed land is fairly solidified, but like where are you putting most of your investment in year over year?
2: Well, I think in both sides. We are investment in the technical side, in the vineyard. Every year, we are looking, we are searching the best technology. It's a rare expression, but we try to improve the quality and the natural expression with a lot of investment in the vineyard and the vinification process also. And also, as you said, in the commercial side, in the communication, we invest a lot in the team, the team building, all the team that, are behind the domestic communication, selling the wine. Yeah, we invest a lot. And so I think, in summary, half and half, technical side, commercial and communication side. But it is very important.
1: When you go to look at expanding into a new market, I'm assuming that takes a significant impact. If you say, hey, I want to go and like when you went expanded to China, I'm assuming that was a significant impact in terms of trying to build a team or figure out what your strategy is there. So when you go to build a new market, is it always to go set up a new team or it depends on the size of the market?
2: Depending on the side and also dependent of our own team. So we can use our own team, the Conchitor team, because the mature is sailed by Conchitoro sale forces, So we can use our sale forces many, many places. We use our sale forces or oh, we can create a new sale team. It depends on the market, the size of the market, which is the best commercial strategy behind our objective.
1: And is Domelchor on Laplace de Bordeaux?
2: No, Domelchor is sold by conchitoro Salesforce force.
1: Because Conchitoro has a wider offering of wines, largely lower price point, you're kind of like, the premium end of that sales force, you can pick and choose where you get to go inside of that overall network?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yes, In Conchitoro, we have a specific team in charge of high premium wine. So we say buy Conchitoro premium sales forces. What are the most exciting
0: developments happening with Don Melchor in the coming
2: years? Yeah, I have the Don Melchor 2023 in this glass, this is a barrel sample. This is Tomelchor 2023, 20, the, the last vintages. Always we are looking the quality every year, the best quality. So we are working on the vineyard. We are working on the vinification. We are looking on the vineyard. We are looking on the vinification. But always, as I said many times, looking the best natural and unique expression from the vineyard. So one side is the vineyard, one side is the vinification, and also, as we talk, the commercial side. We are looking, we are searching the best way, the best communication in the mentor. The idea is to keep, absolutely, the idea is to keep the vineyard as a Cabernet Sauvignon-based wine. It's amazing. I really enjoy that every year is recreated Every year, we must create a new Dom tour. Of course, when you taste Dom since the beginning, the first vintage, you can see the Dom personality behind all of them. But every year is different. Every year, you have a new talent in terms of vinification, in terms of vineyard management, and also in terms of commercial side, communication, new market. So a lot of talent in the future.
1: I'm curious, as one last follow-up to that, you have a very high tenure. You've been with Dom Maltrow for so long and you're trying to reflect on this one place, this one wine. I'm curious on how has your vision of respecting terroir changed over that time I'm assuming you've employed very different winemaking techniques and maybe different uses of oak and things like that, or different yields, even ripeness levels. Like, what has changed and how do you see it changing so that you reflect the best terroir? Like, what has been the journey that you've kind of been on to make sure you're reflecting terroir the best?
2: In the case of Tour, yes, when I started, I was so focused on vineyard management at that time. So I started with the parcel concept, the small parcel. We subdivided the vineyard in many different parcels because I thought at that time if we want to improve the quality or not the quality, the precision of the mature, we have to subdivide the vineyard because at the end, each parcel is different. One parcel has more different expression. So at the beginning, I think I was focused on the vineyard. In the last years, I was more focused on the vinification process in order to manage each parcel, each expression. So I try not to change many things from the terroir. I try to respect the natural expression, but it's not easy sometimes. You have to know very well how is this particular terroir. You have to know very well the soil, the ripening, the picking time, everything. How you manage the vinification. So my philosophy is to respect the natural expression from each parcel, to manage that. I'm absolutely sure if you respect the natural expression at the end, we are going to achieve the best quality every year. Respect, quality, excellence. That's my philosophy.
1: And so we'd like to wrap up each episode on a personal note. We are curious, what was the most memorable wine you've drank in the last year? And who did you drink it with?
2: (laughs) Absolutely, (laughs) Don (laughs) Melchior. Of course. (laughs) It's, It's true. I was in France. Can you imagine in France, in a restaurant, the people from the restaurant, the sommelier, he said to me, "Would you like to taste a wine different? It's not a French. It's different wine. Would you like to taste Don Tour?" I thought in shock, "What? You are offering me Don Tour here in France?" <laughs> it was amazing. I was with my wife, so it was a great experience some years ago.
1: All right, that's great. I'm sure that would have been interesting if he served it to you blind. Yeah. <laughs> a, well, we want to thank you for sharing your experience with Don Melchor. We, uh, we appreciate giving all these answers to the, all the questions that Peter and I like to ask, but we appreciate your time and thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really enjoy the best. Have a great success in the future also. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for joining us. If you loved this episode of X Chateau, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, And give a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, cheers.